Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Pod. We are back for the big spring of racing. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, and as always, joined by fellow founder of the Mock Sports, Nick Highland. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good to be back for the spring carnival. Um, hopefully, we can get into some good stuff that we're getting into last spring, um, even in the in the autumn carnival as well, where we're getting into. So let's get through it. Yes, big spring ahead, but like always. Uh, we like to touch on what's come beforehand. And before even we get into that, I thought for those of you who are new listeners, because uh, we're thinking we're going to pick up quite a few new listeners as the uh, the following has grown over the winter break. So we thought we'd quickly just talk you through what we're all about here, what we do on the podcast every week. And that is Nick and I get together. We tip every single race on the Saturday Metro card for New South Wales, whether it be at Randwick or Rose Hill. And uh, what else do we do, mate? Yeah, that's that's right, mate. And not only that, but we also analyse every single Group 1 race in the spring across Australia, including the Winx Stakes, obviously, which starts this Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting, but we'll touch on that a bit later. It's, of course, every Group 1 and every big money race that Peter Volandis decides to come up with on a moment's notice. Um, we do our hardest work, punters behind the scenes, to bring you the best analysis possible and explain it in a way that is easily understood as possible for the common punter. So we're going to tell you exactly why we think each horse has the best chance to win so you aren't just blindly throwing your money on any random horse. We can tell you what horse, but not everyone always gives you the exact reasons why with actual analysis backing it up so you can be more confident on laying your money on our tips more than ever. Um, before we jump right into the horse chat, we've just had a couple of people ask over the last few months, Nick, uh, what a mock is. So everyone tends to get confused where our name, The Mock Sports, comes from. So I thought you'd be the best person to explain to the listeners out there what it means to be a mock. Um, yeah, so it's obviously just a, just a bit of a joke with, with mates. Um, the worst punter of the week used to get what was called The Mock. Um, just like having the mock on you where you just can't get a tip right and then it ended up just sticking with us. So, um, so yeah, it's um, it's not a bad name, but, um, yeah, that's where it's originated from. Yeah, so basically if you go into your punters, chats, legends, and you label one of your friends a mock, means that you want to avoid his tips at all costs. But on this podcast, we aim to be the complete opposite of that and to make you as much money as possible. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we like to touch on what's come before, before we get into the week's racing. And, of course, we took a massive break through the winter carnival, and we'll just touch on it quickly by going over what our favourite punts were from that winter carnival. So did you get anything up in the winter carnival, mate? Um, not really. Uh, I kind of stayed away from punting, to be honest, um, more during winter into the AFL punting, which we put a lot of our bets out on on Dabble, so go check us out on there. Obviously, um, lots of tips Obviously, the the season's almost over, but go go have a look at what we've done and give us a follow there. So, um, but yeah, not for me too much um, with the racing. Just yeah, kind of stayed away from it. Just not really liking the winter racing, to be honest. But I know you made some money, mate. So, what do you have? 
Uh, yes, I couldn't stay away. Uh, every week I said that I was going to stay away, but then, you know, you get those horses that you know so well and you go, oh, that's some good value. I'm going to put some money on. I don't think I went a single race day without at least putting one bet on. Some were successful, some weren't. Uh, I know I wasn't the one that found alligator blood that you did up in Queensland. You were able to find alligator blood, which was pretty good, but probably my best winter carnival punt only came a few weeks ago when we uh, were putting up those uh, race-by-race previews uh, each week in the lead-up to the podcast in the uh, the Winter Challenge. Got the first four, tipped it perfectly, cross-talk, too much to bear, gold trip and Oscar Zulu, paid $560 for our Dabble followers, which was uh, good to say the least. Uh, we were actually playing footy at the time that the race happened, so when we walked off, got that notification from Dabble that said that I picked a winner, went in, saw the balance of our account, and jumped for joy. So that was definitely my most exciting point of the winter carnival but now that that's out of the way let's crack into this spring uh first things first get some predictions for the upcoming spring and uh nick which horse are you most excited to see this spring oh it has to be nature strip um coming back in just such an entertaining horse that's probably why i'm most excited it's probably the horse i get the most entertainment from um Gone over overseas and won probably one of the biggest race, if not as big as the Everest. Um, it was crazy, crazy to see. Comes back here, probably having pretty good prep coming into it. Um, I reckon that Nature Strip is probably my most exciting horse to see for this for this spring. Yeah, we uh, we put a post up and we asked our followers. A couple of them said they were looking for the Nature Strip. Others said Marabi. Some said horrifying. And some others said the one that I'm most looking forward to, and that's Surefire. I think Surefire is going to have a huge spring, punters. Uh, came out the other day and absolutely blitzed them, despite being a kilometre short than its usual um, target distance. Uh, just ran excellent sectionals. Just looked like a beast of a horse. I mean, it's a Chris Waller import that's looking at getting into all the big stairs races this spring. Managed to put some futures bets on for the Metropolitan, the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup because while the Metro is probably the race that it'll start the shortest at, uh, Wallace said he's looking to get it into the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups. And if he does, it'll be a very uh, low weight horse as well. So I think if it gets a good jockey on in those races, could be a massive contender. J-Mac was on board the other day. Hopefully J-Mac sticks throughout the spring. We might have a new Very Elegant on her hands now that she's gone off to Europe. But, yeah, I am absolutely stoked to see Shawfire this spring. Um, and that goes into which horse we reckon wins a Group 1 this spring. Last year at the start of the spring, you were able to say that uh, Showmanship, was it? Not Showmanship. What was it? Um... It was another Peter's horse. I've got the pink and white on my blank. mind. I've had a blank. I'm not too – can't really remember. Superstorm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe we forgot it. What? Yes. The very first episode, you said, I reckon Superstorm wins a group one this spring, and it did in the end. So let's see if you can do it again. What horse do you reckon wins a group one this spring? Oh, like you said, um, before even discussing this, Surefire, I'm the one that backed it first earlier in the autumn. Um, yeah. just, looks to be, just looks to be a real good horse, and I reckon it's going to stand through a group one here. So, um, yeah, like you said, you pretty much spoke some good words about it. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think Surefire will be my tip to win a group one this spring. 
the horse I reckon wins a group one this spring, punters, is uh, Huerta, the Snowden-trained import from France that's come down and really taken Australia by storm, has been running super consistently, rose through the grades excellently, won three straight in the autumn before going away to have a quick spell before coming back in the winter and then was able to beat Zaki in the Doombin Cup. The big group one, Zaki started about $1.30. Everyone thought it was bulletproof, and Huerta went over the top of them and won it all in the end. And I reckon he can definitely do the same thing this spring if they put him in the right races. Um, so we've talked about who's going to have a successful spring. Now, Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on which you know horse that's been labelled a bit of a gun, which horse has, is usually successful, has been successful in the past, who do you think is going to be has, sorry has been successful in the past, but now won't be as successful and uh, might slip up and have a bit of a poor spring? Um, mine's pretty self-explanatory to be honest, but um, I thought I'd have to involve it in there. Probably the biggest hype horse from the autumn carnival, autumn carnival. Sorry, Shelby sixty six. Um, just don't think it's going to have the track conditions to do anything like it did in the autumn. Yeah, you make a good point. We did see at the end of its last prep, Shelby 66 was no good on those dry tracks. It's a it's a mudlark, and we had probably the wettest autumn in recent memory that really played into it. And, yeah, you basically said everything that needs to be said. So Shelby 66 is your tip to drop off the map. My drop off the map tip is Fireburn. Fireburn came through in the autumn, had the best two-year-old season you could probably possibly see, rose through the ranks, won the group, won Golden Slipper in fine fashion then actually went on with it and continued to win races, unlike many of the Golden Slipper winners do. Uh, often they peak as soon as they win the Golden Slipper and then they often go on to do nothing. But, you know, Fireburn was able to break that rule, was able to go on, win another race, and then came second to end the prep in another group one. But I reckon going on with it and those extra races might have smashed her a little bit. Most of those horses end with the golden slipper before going away because they've used most of their energy leading up to that race and that's their one big final hit out before they go away come back in the spring when they're three-year-olds and they're more grown they're more wise they're ready to race at longer distances and in higher classes as well but Fireburn kept on with it and they're touting her to be going on and racing in such huge races she's nominated for the cox plate if she even gets into said races I really think that she's not going to fire a shot whatsoever. I think those extra few races would have taken a lot out of the tank that I don't think has recovered yet and has maybe let other three-year-olds in her same class uh, jump above her in the fitness side of things. I reckon it might have really hampered her going on with it despite the fact that they wanted her to break that uh, curse. But, yeah, that's just my thoughts. I think Fireburn's not going to have that successful of a spring. But, um... Enough about the predictions for the spring, Nick. Let's get straight into these tips, shall we? Uh, anything else to say before we head on? No, mate, I'm asleep. Let's get straight. All righty. All right, the weather is actually turning it on for once in Sydney Legends. The Randwick track is rated currently at a soft six, but with all of this sun, we should hopefully get into the good range if this sun keeps up. If not, we should definitely be getting into the soft five range. So probably be looking for horses that can get it both... Um, done in both the dry and the soft range, just in case we don't dry out too much. Uh, the rail is also out three metres for the entire circuit, meaning that there shouldn't be too much leader versus back marker bias, especially considering how fair the track has been playing at Randwick lately. So we'll head straight into the tips. It's good to be back, Nico. 
we kick off the spring with the 1100 meter highway and it's a class two so if you don't know what that means punters it's all of these horses that uh they've only won two or less races so that c2 means it's a class two which means they've only won two or less races so they're all pretty evenly footed when it comes to their previous success so that's why it's always hard to land this race and it's as hard as ever looking at it uh i liked jaumari uh on top though because it's clearly the class horse in the race and at 21 dollars you go, that's overs. But considering the fact that he's in this race basically just for the fitness before he gets up to the further distances, um, and he's also carrying over four kilograms more than the next horse that's weighted down, has me thinking that that price is actually pretty fair. So I'm just going to sit and watch Jaumari on this one and not have a bet on him. I'll instead be having a bet on Optimo. Gets Nash Ryweller on board, uh, gets the first barrier as well, will most likely be shuffled back in the run but that's how he prefers to run off the back of them anyway. Uh, as long as Nash doesn't give them too big of a start going around that bend, he can definitely launch late and grab them. Uh, last start was third to Hot Spring Gold, and who has since come out and won again. And the last time Optimo was running in highway, he was third to Boot Scooter and was excellent late and had the fastest last 600-meter run of the race. So I'm happy to take a sting at Optimo based off that form. $10 to win, $3.30 to place in the highway to kick off the spring for Cashy. Yeah, very nice, mate. Very nice. Um, Agree with what you said there. And I was going to pick the same here, but I'm going to have to go with a favorite, Bandy's Boy. Um, Just won its last start, obviously, by a length um, at Ramwick as well at the same distance. Um, But all I have to say is it came second in a trial uh, behind Shelby 66 on a heavy track. So it's obviously got some class to it. It might like a bit of a slop is the only worry. Um, might not be all right on the on the softer slash good track that it'll probably end up on. Um, but I like it for a chance at $4.40 for the win. Benny's boy for me in the first. Lovely. Heading to the second here, we got the 2,400-meter benchmark 78. To come back into it, uh, pretty tough race here to pick, to be honest. Two tied favourites at $3.80, Strawberry Rock and Mon Felicity. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. There was two horses I really, really struck my eye here, and it was So United and Pulsar. Um, so United came second last start behind Candé du Nord, however you say it, at $4.60. It's paying, but um, I like Impulsa this this one, um, Abdullah on board, $6.50 for the win. Won its last start, uh, international horse that's come over to Australia and seems to do pretty well so far over here with two wins from the three starts. Um, up to distance again, hit the hit the line pretty hard last start, so um, I don't mind it here, $6.50 for Impulsa. Yeah, fair enough, I'm glad that you mentioned So United in your two horses that were sticking out because that's exactly who I've gone with here. Like you said, second to Cadre du Noir. You always have to say that a little slower than any other horse's name. Um, yeah, we were there at the track when we watched it run. Uh, looked like it was going to steal this race. Just was in the lead the entire time. Really started kicking on and digged in really, really well. But Cadre du Noir was just the better horse on the day. And I think that's what ended up tripping So United up. Uh, you know, sometimes class is all you need in a race. And that's exactly what Cadre du Noir had. Um, so I think off that excellent run, uh, you know, gets the fitness from that, gets the rub of the form from Cardro de Noir. 
Um, so $4.60 is the price currently. If it gets over $2 for the place, I'll happily take each way. But at the moment, it'll just be a $4.60 win bet on So United for me in the second. All right, we move into race three. 1,600 metres here for the midway. Uh, I don't often love going a favourite in the midway, but I think I'm going to have to be with it here in Bazooka. Won its last start over my horse, highly desired, so got to respect it. Owned by our mate Will Mitchell as well, so shout out to you, Will, if you're listening. Plus, the trainer, David Payne, is in absolutely ripping form at the moment as a trainer, uh, winning five from his last 16, so that's a pretty good hit rate. Uh, I think the field is even easier here than its last midway as well, so I don't think the extra three kilograms that he gets on board is going to do much damage. Uh, another horse around the $4.60 mark. I'm happy to have Bazooka in the midway. Nick, what were your thoughts? Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, Bazooka, good run a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think it'll be too good for this crowd. So, yeah, that'll be my tip as well. Head straight into race four on the mile. Benchmark 78. Favourite Sniffler here, $4.40 with J-Mac on board, but I'm not not sold by it. Uh, Narrated's one that I, I probably would have a look at here. Could um can respect an each way bet at five dollars and two dollars for a place. Want to start at Ballarat earlier um in the year um on the heavy track, so it's it's been racing pretty consistently and it's just looking for that breakout win that it's that it can get for the third one win of its prep. Sorry, um, but I'm gonna be with Casino Kid here. Tipped it to a mate two weeks ago. Um, just a horse that we've been watching and just yeah just. Absolutely went over the top last last couple of weeks when it won its race. Um, yeah, pretty happy with it. Casino kid for me at $7.50 for the win, $2.45 for a place. Yeah, it took the words right out of our mouth. Again, we were there to watch that race. The turn of foot was exceptional. Looked like it's been building all its career. It's gone from a highway horse to a horse that can win a serious Saturday race. And I think it'll do it again here. Happy to ride Casino Kid with you. It's in the same grade, same track, similar conditions, and the same distance as well. So the ride on paper should most definitely be a positive one. And those odds of $7.50 to win $2.45 to place, like you mentioned, looks like an absolute steal. So happy to be on Casino Kid there. Um, we move to race five, and that's where the day's racing starts to pick up a bit. Uh, we got a few group races in a row here. Group three sprint at the 1,200-meter mark. Uh, very strong quality horses. In my mind, it's a two-horse race, though. The market seems to agree with me there, as King of Sparta goes up on the board at $2.90, while Showmanship is currently marked at the $3.90 mark. Both of them look to be getting a car into the race from Embracer and Prime Candidate, who should cross and lead from their wide barriers. And if they're both clear in the late stages, they could honestly gap this field. Uh, King of Sparta was great at Caulfield in its um, start two starts ago. Fastest final 600 metres of the whole day. Failed to fire last start at Flemington down the straight, and I reckon it's because he's a better horse around the turn when he really gets to dig in and build that momentum going around the turn instead of just running straight down uh, um, the Flemington straight. Uh, I am usually with King of Sparta. He's been very good to me, especially since I tipped him to win the Magic Millions earlier this year, and I'll kick myself if he wins, but I'm going to have to be with Showmanship. Loves a first-up run. He's undefeated from five goes on a dry track. So if we do tip into the good range on Saturday, he'll be the best bet of the race, I reckon. James McDonald to ride as well, which is a massive tick. If he doesn't get posted from that inside barrier, he is a massive chance. So $3.90 on showmanship for me in the fifth. Yeah, mate, I agree. I uh, back you in here. Um, showmanship looks to be a real good horse. 
$3.50 for the win, as you said. Um, really good on the good track. Yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. Comes up to Sydney from from Flemington. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes here. And we'll watch this um, horse over the spring, I say, because I reckon it'll be a pretty good one that could get into some, some good group twos, maybe even sneak into a group one. So um, we'll keep an eye on it. 100%. Take us to the sixth, mate. Uh, six here. We've got the 2000 meter Premier's Cup here. Um, Lord Ardmore is our favourite with $3.20 as the price. Two wins at the last two starts. Um, we watched it last week, I'm pretty sure. It was, um, well, two weeks ago. It was a pretty good win. Um, Grove Ferry yes. coming in second. Um, because I do remember we were going to tip that horse, Grove Ferry. But, um, to be honest, I'm not going to talk too much about this because I think we all have an idea who I'll be on. Um, yeah, yeah. Fifth place last start, to be honest, hit the line really, really hard here. Um, just given an extra 100, 200 metres, which it does have right now, uh, it would have it pissed that in. So, um, yeah, I really like it at the 2,000. 1,800 metres really set, turned a foot in the last probably 200. So um, just give it that extra distance. Um, it should be a perfect run here. Um, same jockey on board, same everything. Just, um, yeah, keep it the same. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Good odds as well to be getting it at. Um, another group three here, probably the most open race of the day, like you said. Uh, could probably respect bets on a lot of horses like Yee Yee. Could definitely respect a bet on the Queen's horse, Chalk Stream. Uh, our old friend Raging Bull. Uh, they're both great stayers in their own right. Definitely can play havoc at the odds that they're at. But I'm really only looking at three horses, and we usually back them quite a bit of the time, coming straight out of the mock black book. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, had to go a long way back due to the wide barrier last start, and because of that la- that huge you know head start that he gave him, didn't win in the end. But like you said, that extra 200 meters, the f- the late finish was absolutely incredible to get fifth, get to fifth where he was at the turn. Excellent run. You couldn't ask for anything better as an owner or a punter that had money on it. You, you just see, okay, put a line through that run, black book it for the next run. Um, then we go to Too Much to Bear, who its last start sat on the leading pack's heels the whole run, crossed to the outside and ran on perfectly for a second behind Cross Talk. Cross Talk comes out and wins in the Thursday listed race at Hawkesbury. That'll read excellently for Too Much to Bear to go on Saturday. Um, he's absolutely bursting to win a race. Third up, nice and fit, should run a huge race, so I definitely respect a bit on Too Much to Bear. But honestly, I just can't jump off the favourite. Uh, Lord Ardmore, like you said, we were there last start to watch it, and it just patiently sat in the pocket of the leading pair the entire way, hit the button at the top of the straight and dug out an excellent win, even though it was challenged. I reckon $3.20 for the win on Lord Ardmore will be my pick for the race, but I'm also going to have to throw your tip in there with Yee Yee and Too Much to Bear and all of them in box quinellas and box trifectas for this race. For those exotic punters out there, I think uh, they're all going to run huge races. And if they get the breaks in the run, they could absolutely gap them if they get the chance. Um, but enough about race six. We'll go into race seven where I'm a little bit more straight to the point over the 1,100 metre mark. Going to be with Zapateo. Uh, Going to see how the Marzu form holds up. Zapateo was running behind Mazu all autumn long and even came a narrow second to it. And for those who don't know who Mazu is, it's one of the few horses that the experts are saying can genuinely have a chance of beating Nature Strip in the Everest. So it's another favourite, I know, but the form just 
Sounds really, really good on paper. So I'm going to have to be with the $4.40 Zapoteo in the seventh. Nick, what are your thoughts? I'm going with Bellucci Babe here. $8 for the win, $2.50 for a place. For giving its first up run, um, second up records, not too bad. Two wins from four starts and her and her placing in there as well. So not too bad. Um probably would rather a good track. So by this by this stage of the race, it could could get up there to a bit of a firmer track if we see a bit of sun throughout the day, like we've like we've said. Um but yeah, this is a talented horse that we've um we've watched pretty closely over the last year or so and um it's it's pretty consistent to be honest it's always there or thereabouts you look into deep into its last prep it's what it's had a it's had a win fourth place fourth place and a, and a placing in there so um comes back into the to the spring carnival and should should have a nice spring carnival here but Belushi babe eight dollars for me in the seventh Lovely. Uh, race eight is of course the wink stakes which we'll get into in the tip-off um Straight in the ninth, 1,200 metres. Uh, straight to the point again here. Uh, I look at the field and I see a lot of three-year-olds that are resuming from their two-year-old season and we have no idea if they're actually going to come back as strong as they did from their um, two-year-old season. Like I said earlier with Fireburn, a lot of horses that come back as three-year-olds completely drop off the map and they just peak in their two-year-old season. They peak really early in their career because they go through that arduous golden super prep where they've got to do a lot of races in a short amount of time especially this year when they were all on those bottomless decks um, in autumn. So I'm going to go with a horse that we know can run really strongly as a three-year-old as it raced only a month ago. And I know it was about to turn three. It was still two-year-old technically, but it's had its first up run one excellently. That's midnight in Tokyo, $19 to win. I lick my lips at those sort of odds. Uh, it, like I said, it won first up a month ago. It was super impressive in doing so. Two horses that ran behind it have gone on to win, and both of those were in impressive fashion, especially Troach, who came out and one absolutely gapped them, then came third last week in the Rosebud. So I've been following the horses that came out of the original Midnight in Tokyo win like a hawk because I really like the form. I think it's going to hold up here. I think also as long as she handles the dry track because she's never seen it, she's only raced on the, uh, the wet decks, as long as she handles that dry deck, I think $19 to win and $4.50 to place each way is massive overs. Uh, you thinking the same lines of me, Nick, or have you gone for someone else? Uh, no, I've gone a bit different. Someone I did back um, over in the autumn prep, Russian Conquest for me. Tommy Berry on board. Barry 15s might be a bit of a bit of traffic coming out, but um, if it hits the right right length, should should come out pretty nicely. First up here, um, it's a bit of a, this is a, just a bit of a punt race, lads. So, um, Keep your eyes out. The winner could do could be um something new, uh, but Russian Conquest. However, Opal Ridge uh, did have my eyes on it for um a bit of a roughie. So yeah, each way on on either of those two horses, but um I'll be taking Russian Conquest for the ninth. Heading to the last twelve hundred meters, benchmark seventy eight to finish us. Uh, our old mate Cisco Bay in this one thirty four dollars and eight dollars for the win. Yes. Zaristo, our, our favourite, $5 with J-Mac on board. Molly Nails, another one that I do not mind in this race, has won already first up, paying $14. Um, be interesting to see how that one goes. Conrad, another one that you want to keep an eye on. But I'm going to be on arbitration here with Timmy Clark in the last. Love backing Timmy Clark in the last. He does does fly through. $6.50 for the, for the win and $2.30 for, for a place. Sorry. Um, Won its last start first up 
couple of weeks back um, and also won its last start of the prep um, ending in the in February. Sorry, um, had three trials in between, won one um, and placed in another. So yeah, not too bad. Um, arbitration for me looks top tip for me and um, it's going to be even better. Fair enough. Uh, I apologise, Puntus, again. I am on yet another favourite. Very unusual for me to be on so many of them, but it's still at each way odds. So Zerastro currently at the $5 to win, $2 to place. If you get it at the each way odds, I think it is a bet and a half. Uh, and the whole reason why I'm on it without even really looking into it too much is I tried to tip it last week, but it got scratched for this race. Um, it's had the ultimate gear change, Punters. It's been gelded. And I love a horse that comes off a gelding. And if you don't know what that means, means basically they've gone and chopped his nuts off because they've been distracting him too much. All right. So we've seen with horses like Marzu, who I mentioned earlier, came out and absolutely blitzed it all autumn because he got gelded. He didn't have his nuts distracting him anymore. And so hopefully the same sort of things happened here with Zarasha. I absolutely love a horse coming first up off a gelding. And often we see it turn horses around. Hopefully it does with Zerastro as well. So if it's still at those each-way odds when you go to punt on it, definitely get on it because I think it might drop a little bit on the day. Uh, but that's about it, Nick. That's it for the first Randwick rundown for the spring. Anything else to touch on before we head into the great tip-off? No, I was just going to add, like you said, um, probably in that last one, you can't even say that's a favourite paying $5, to be honest. So I wouldn't worry too much about it, mate. Fair enough. Thanks for backing me, mate. It gives me a lot of confidence when you get behind my tips. Uh, always makes me feel special. Um, we'll head into the great tip-off, but just before we do, Nick, want to give a quick little shout-out to our good friends at the Multi-Hub app. Yeah, the Multi-Hub is the ultimate punter's cheat sheet. With all the necessary stats you need to know when making your multi for the weekend, where that be for the AFL, NRL, EPL, and more. Yeah, for instance, Nico, Collingwood versus Carlton is a blockbuster footy game this weekend. Collingwood win, they're in the top four. Carlton lose, and they're out of the top eight. Um, so we're looking at the stats for the game. Did you know that Sam Walsh has hit 25 disposals every single game this year? And Nick Dykos is hitting 20-plus disposals in all but two of his games. Or that Pat Lipinski has never missed 15 touches this year either. Well, with the multi-hub app punters, I have all of that information and more at my fingertips. So think disposals, goal kickers, try scorers if you're more of an NRL man, tackles, uh, even goal scorers in the EPL, points in the NBA, home runs in the MLB, whatever your sport is, I have all of that information at my fingertips. Yeah, it sounds like such a great idea with the boys have, have made up and um, we found a few anchors for your multis this week punters i personally wouldn't mind using this for the basketball like you mentioned because um there's a lot of stats in the basketball that you can punt on and if you know your basketball you can get a lot of money out of it to go have a look um at the multi-hub app on the app store and google play today nick now that we've got that out of the way it is serious business time the great tip-off uh for those of you who are new here you don't know what the great tip-off is Basically, Nico and I will go head-to-head -head all spring long, tip every single Group 1 race, uh, whether that be an actual Group 1 race or one of Peter Volandi's big money races such as the Everest. Uh, we go head-to-head. -head, we see who can tip the most winners. And at the end of it all, the person who has the most points will be the punter of the spring. Last year, that honour went to myself, 
and I backed it up with a win in the autumn as well. But we're doing it a little different this year. The points are working on the odds of the horse. So we've usually been doing that if your horse wins, you get three points, it becomes second, two points, it becomes third, one point. But now, for instance, if I back a horse that's paying $15 to win and $5 to place, I get 20 points. Or if it just places, I'll get the five points for the place. So basically, all of our tips will be like we're doing $1 each way and whatever it pays when it crosses the line, that's how many points we get. So we're basically almost seeing how much fantasy how much fantasy money we can rack up over the spring and whoever makes the most becomes the best punter of the spring. So let's get stuck into it. All right, Nick, Wink Stakes time. We said we're going to touch on it and we're going to dive head on into it. Let's go through and see if we can find a winner in the first group one of the spring. What are your thoughts just on a surface level looking at the field? Well, uh, first thing that I see straight away, uh, Mullingo's had the had the dress change and um, don't like it. Um, that horse, yeah. that horse is sky blue, and um, now that's got a now it's in black, red, and green. Just doesn't feel right to me, and uh, I, I don't know if I can look at it the same. To be honest, it looks like a completely different horse. Um, I personally don't like it. Um, Animo obviously can do anything, can rock up and absolutely. Smoke it in, or it could just not rock up and just, yeah, be thereabouts. Um, come back to Profondo at the end. Lyle, yeah, just didn't do too much last week, did it? Um, Pikey on board, yeah, not nothing too much. Uh, Duas, potentially, had a good finish to the prep last year. Don't mind it. Forbidden Love, probably not wet enough. Same with Ice Bath. Fangirl, uh, just not not too stoked about that horse to be honest. And hinged, uh, I think probably not not this early in the prep. Maybe if it was developed a bit more, it would look good. Um, but no, I like Profondo here. Um, for the tip off, like you said, we get paid out for whatever the horse is um, is paying. And to be honest, it's in my opinion, it's between Animo and Profondo here. And if I'm gonna try and get as many points as I can, um, I get more points for a play place for Profondo than I do for a win from Animo. So um, Profondo for the win. Um, if you get to place, then I still get the get the, um, get the get the win. So overall, um, not a bad horse. Done a, done a lot. It's been up and down, but can't believe this horse is paying fourteen dollars, mate. To be honest, um, what are your thoughts overall about this race? Yeah, straight off the bat, I like that you touched on the dress change for Moanga. Got sold to the New Haven Park crew. Uh, I hate it as well. I don't think New Haven Park have that, you know, very creative silks. I really like the um, the old ones of that sky blue and black checkered pattern. So it looks like a completely new horse. Not loving it either. But, um, I mean, it can definitely go back to back. It has the chops too. Its last trial was awful on paper. Came 10th out of 10th by a mile. Uh, looks like a different horse. But Tommy Barry's come out and said, don't worry. Uh, it's because I accidentally took him over some of the cones. So if you don't know, uh, punters, when they do trials in horse racing, they don't run around actual horse barriers. It's just cones laid out on the track. And apparently Tommy Barry accidentally uh, got Moanga to run into those cones. So as soon as he did that, he pulled him out of it a bit. So don't worry too much about that. Tommy Barry and... Annabelle Nisham have come out and said that Moanga is definitely fit and fire and ready to go first up and win this race, just like he did last spring. And that was over very elegant. So that's great form to go off for this one. But 
On face value, going down. Stockman, definitely not in this one. Um, Animo, deserved favourite, gets that first barrier. Probably going to get shuffled back because of it. Uh, so hopefully for people that are punting on Animo, uh, it doesn't get too far back because it might run out of room to charge late because, of course, Animo is a horse that likes to really let it down the last 300 metres. So if he has to make up too much ground in that final stages, might not actually get there, might finish third or second instead. Um, Halal, like you said, isn't the horse it used to be by the looks of it. But no, really good horse, but definitely looking for further. Uh, this one's probably just for some fitness, and if it wins, it's a bonus for the ownership crew. Duas, very good. Also got much bigger um, intentions this spring, probably looking towards a Melbourne Cup. Forbidden Love and Ice Bath, you hit it on the nose perfectly. Would love to see them get up, but probably too dry for it. Uh, Fangirl is one that I also think is probably looking for a bit too more, um, but definitely wouldn't shock me to come out and win, especially since it's a Chris Waller horse. You never really know what they're going to do. Everyone thought that um, Very Elegant was just a mile horse, and then it came out and won the Melbourne Cup by, what, seven lengths? Well, same with Hinged. I'm usually on Hinged, and I was going to be on this time again, but I think that wide barrier might cost it a little bit, despite the fact that it probably has the speed to overcome that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Profondo, though, is the one that I really like at these odds. Like you said, $14 is overs for a horse that's so promising. Uh, was sold for almost, I think, $2 million it was out of the um, breeding barn, and for good reason. Came out last spring, had an excellent prep as a three-year-old, then failed to fire in the autumn, but I just think it was because it was too wet. Far too wet for Profondo to really do anything. Prefers the drier track. Um, gets a nice draw in the middle of the field in that seventh barrier. Will go forward from the um, from the beginning. If it jumps clean, it's definitely going to get the first bite of the cherry going around the uh, the bend because there's no speed whatsoever drawn on the inside. You've got Profondo in the seventh, then in order Stockman, Duice, Beno, Halal, Mwanga, and Animo, all horses that like to leave their runs late. So Profondo could definitely get out to a few lengths lead going around that corner. And if they're not careful, he'll just kick on with it. Brenton Afdala will just kick him in his sides and go, we've won it already, mate. Let's go on and finish the job. Um, loves the first up run, being um, getting a win, of course, it's in its debut last uh, year. Uh, and like we said, prefers that good track with its first, its only three runs on the good track being for two wins in one second. So $14 to win. Uh, and three dollars seventy to place. I'm not even looking for the uh, tip off points here. I just think it's the best bet in the race. You're looking for value punters. Profondo was definitely over the odds for me. So yeah, it's basically all I can say about the first group one of the spring. I'm just definitely keen to get down to the track and see it play out. Will you be joining us on track on Saturday, Nick? I will not be. I'm at work. That is fair enough. You are a working man. You're going to be joining us over the track for quite a bit this spring, though, more than usual. Correct. Um, will be nice to to get down there. Uh, let's head straight into around the grounds, mate. Um, what have you got? Yes, around the grounds is where we look uh, at all the other tracks that we haven't touched on and see if we can find any bets we like. I've only found two, and they're at Mooney Valley Race Three. Forgot you four dollars forty undefeated at the track. Um, wants to get into the Cox Plate, so should be running well here. Uh, I think it's in for a fantastic spring this year as it was last year. Uh, $4.40, definitely happy to take that price. And then race seven, gold trip. 
gave them a big start um, last time out, had to weave through and played a bit of bumper cars to get clear. But when finally getting clear, ran really strongly uh, with this further distance now. I think he'll be a big player. He's also at the $4 mark in race seven at Mooney Valley. And that's all I've really found. Everything else is either unders or not really a good bet. Yeah, I've gone against you in the seventh here. Uh, Man Canyon, whatever his name is. Uh, good horse. Man Canyon. Um, probably it's only challenge gold trip. That's a good horse. I was going to pick that, but um, Mayor Canyon comes over top. Um, Aussie Nugget race six over at Doomden paying twelve dollars for a win, three dollars sixty. Probably a bit better field to to um run against because yeah, it's a pretty pretty average horse to be honest. But uh, got up for me in the past and got a tip every time it runs. So that's for me. Um, race eight, just in case showmanship does stay down in Melbourne, Mooney Valley race eight. Um, Ollie on board, six dollars for the win. Um, yeah, pretty good bet for that. And then the last race at Mooney Valley, Shelby, sorry, Sixby, sixty-three, four dollars eighty for the win. Um, looks pretty good, loving it. So that's my around the grounds, mate. At Shelby, six sixty-six on the mind, did you? Yeah, it was on my mind. <laughs> I still can't believe you're on the Aussie Nugget train. Seriously, still. Always, mate. Always. Can't get off. I can't wait for the day it wins and you're just going to rub it in really heavily for me because I've been giving you crap about backing that horse every start, every time you do it, because it, it, I just don't know what it is with you and this horse. Mate, just leave me alone. <laughs> All right, punters, that concludes the Around the Grounds as we head into the namesake of this podcast, the Quaddy. Uh, as always, if you don't know what the quaddy is, it's when you back the last four races uh, to see if you can find a winner in each. And then the more percentage you have, the bigger payout you will get if it does indeed get up. Uh, we were pretty good with the um, the quaddies this autumn compared to last year in the spring. I think we only got like two out of 15, even though we got three out of the four legs in about 10 of them. But in autumn, I think we hit just under half of them. So it was good form to come off. Hopefully we continue it here. Um, in race seven, we've got Zapateo, Jamey, Bellucci, Babe, and Fituess. Uh, race eight, uh, of course, the wink stakes. We've gone with Mawanga, Animo, Hinged, and our tip Profondo. Who have we got in the last two? Uh, race nine, we've got Midnight in Tokyo, In Secret, Russian Conquest, and Opal Ridge. Race 10, we've got Zaresto, Pizarro, Conrad, and Arbitration. $50 gets you 19.5%. And yes, that's the quaddy, first quaddy of the spring. Hopefully it goes bang. And hopefully we get a few of those uh, roughies up. We've we've put some good value in those there. So hopefully they all get up and give us a massive payout because uh, especially if Midnight and Tokyo get up, Fondo get up, uh, could definitely see the quaddy paying over $1,000 there, which is exactly what we'll like to see. Um, well, apart from that, Nick, have we got anything else before we want to sign off for the day? Uh, it's good to be back. Um, not much else for me to add. Hopefully, we can get into a good rhythm at the start of this carnival. Um, yeah, stay in tuned for the rest of it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, very, very keen to be back. We've got 15 massive episodes heading your way over the spring. Uh, Going to be bringing you as much content as possible throughout the spring, both on the podcast and our socials. Make sure to be following at the Mock Sports. Like we said, we're going to be down at the track a lot, so hopefully we'll be bringing you a lot of trackside analysis. Tips from the yard. Hopefully we can maybe even get a few interviews with J 
jockeys and trainers if we're lucky, uh, but we'll keep you all posted on that sort of stuff later down the track. Make sure to give us a follow if you're on SoundCloud or Spotify or a subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts. And make sure above all else, give us a rating, guys. Give us a five-star out of five-star rating. It does us the world of good. You don't know how much it does. Helps us grow more, helps us pop up on more people's suggested if they've never heard about us, helps us pop up in the charts. Uh, It's one of our goals to eventually get on the charts. And if you're able to do that for us, we would love you oh so much. And uh, the more that we grow, the more people listen to us, uh, the more experiences we can give to you, the loyal listeners that have been listening since day one. So apart from that, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back again next week, running down the races as always. So good luck this uh, weekend and make sure to gamble responsibly as always. Yeah, cheers, boys. Enjoy the weekend. See you later.